Welcome to The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Robeck. Each week on our show, we invite a special guest to share their knowledge on health, wellness, and better daily habits so you can have the life you deserve. Let's get started. Today, we had Dr. Michael Harris on the show. He's a former combat medic in the Navy, and then he decided to go to chiropractic school uh, at the age of 32, uh, predominantly because of how much benefit he got from a chiropractor after all the injuries he sustained in the military. He is 92% disabled and is still changing lives through chiropractic care and his wellness program. I think you guys will really enjoy this one. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. We, uh, for the listeners out there, Dr. Michael Harris and I, uh, worked together for about two, three years. Uh, he yep. owned and operated the office, um, uh, in our Palm desert clinic. And, um, we have, uh, as a result of the pandemic had a kind of part ways, but we're still very close and we support one another. Uh, you better believe it. You better believe it. And uh, the reason why Michael's on the show is he's got an amazing story. And I think it's of immense value for younger therapists that are coming out of school uh, to learn how some people, for one, got into chiropractic, the challenges uh, they were up against before they went to school and the challenges they were up against after they graduated from school. And uh, Michael was in the military. Uh, and he's going to tell a bit about what he was doing in the military and how, uh, he ended up um, coming into chiropractic. Uh, do you mind starting off with what, um, branch you were in and, uh, what your position was? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I spent eight, uh, first of all, Sean, thank you for giving me the opportunity the blessing to be on your podcast and talk to you. Um, and also talk to the young, uh, super warriors that are coming out of school and are already in the fight. Right. Um, I enlisted in the United States Navy back in 2000, and then I, I went to be a corpsman, which is a combat medic. So I went through the different phases after boot camp um, of going to phase one of med school and then uh, combat medic school here in, uh, in San Diego. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a calling for me because I, I went in later in life. I went when I was 25. So a lot of the things that I've done in my life has always been a calling. Yep. Um, and it was tough. It was tough dealing with, um, uh, loss of family while in there, but, you know, just kept on with the fight. And then once I got into, uh, graduated combat med school, I picked the units that I knew that were here in California, uh, grunt units. So I became a light armor reconnaissance combat medic for, uh, third battalion and light armor reconnaissance here in uh, 29 Palm. Got it. You know, when you say combat medic, that's something where when people are watching movies, whatever war movie it is, you see these medics out there doing some of the most heroic, yeah. crazy things in the world. And I know you served and you served in battle. Uh, yeah. Can you tell, can you tell us just for entertainment purposes, what that's like? <laughs> we're the fools that run through the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind my mother's both of them. <laughs> so we get trained. We get trained. I, you know, people like, so what is the corner? You know, what do you guys do? I was like, you know, what you guys see in the movie, um, we are there to, you know, lay, lay rounds down range. We're there to take care of our Marines, our sailors. Um, we're trained everything from, ever so like, uh, uh, stop bullet wounds, take bullets out, you know, uh, do, uh, casualty collections to, you know, call for fire as well. 
just in case the Marines go down, we need to know exactly what, what, what the fighting plan is. And also, you know, a medevac. And there's different levels, too, of combat medics. I mean, myself, I was a grunt, so I was with a, 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 a manned combat unit. Their other combat medics are, are in Blackhawk. Or uh, another famous unit would be the PJs in the Air Force. Those guys, they're pararescue troops. Those guys are nuts. Yeah. They'll fly into anywhere, anytime, and, and uh, come save our butt. If you've seen a lot, of, you know, and if you've seen it's a lot of the war movies, um, whenever there's a, a medevac situation needing, you know, because we need to get our wounded or or, uh, or our dead out, you know, we'll we'll call for a medevac. And depending what the situation, um, if we're in an area where uh, vehicles can't come to us, we you know we call the PJs, the pararescue uh, jumpers, and they will fly in their Blackhawks um, in the most craziest of situations, come down and lay, you know, uh, we'll do the late laying down a fire while these guys, you know, take our wounded, stabilize them, head them back to the rear with the gear and the beer, uh, you know, to a shock counter platoon. And then from there, stabilize them some more to get them to like a, a major hospital facility. Got it. Now let's talk, you know, I mean, we, you and I can talk about this for hours and we don't have hours, oh, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm sure that listeners are like very intrigued about the whole process. I want to talk about your injuries and, and, your experience in the military mm-hmm. and the, what you're currently suffering with, uh, you and I both, uh, well, we know you're going to be suffering with chronic pain most of your life due to some of yeah. the injuries that you sustained. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. Um, like the inside joke, I'm the, I'm the Latino Humpty Dumpty <laughs> <laughs> with all my injuries. It's like duct tape and some, and some, uh, some sutures to be back together. Right. <laughs> Well, I, um, I started sustaining, so I'm listed through the VA as 90, 90%, 90, 2% disabled. Um, I have multiple nerve damage injuries going down my spine. I have uh, uh, six bulging discs, you know, three in my neck, three in my back, two are, two are ruptured, a reconstructed shoulder you know, with nerve damage primarily in my right side of my body. And I think I have a good right knee. So <laughs> that <laughs> all those injuries, I still I sustained while on active duty, you know. But um, it was a bigger calling to. I know I'm injured, but you know my Marines or my sailors need that help. And um, I started getting treated throughout, and it was very difficult to continue being in the front line. So you know we just had to change uh, change some things up and. Um, in that process, somewhere there, I've seen physical therapists, to DOs, to MDs, uh, surgeons, and everything. And it wasn't until I went back to Brooklyn, you know, where I'm from, and visiting my family and my friends, uh, my best friend since we're 13, she's a chiropractor. Um, she just got sick and tired of me coming home from deployment, being all beat up, you know. And then I finally go, yeah, whatever, let's try this chiropractic stuff, whatever it is. You know, uh, and let me tell you, two weeks straight of being treated, you know, uh, from adjusting to stretching to, to my to the correctives and also diet change. I could not believe the big difference I experienced in those two weeks versus all the years that I've been, you know, being treated active duty. And it gave me a longer life. And it also is sparked a like, you know, a big old light bulb in my head. Like um, there's something to this. I need to know more about it. Because if this could help me, I know it could help my, my Marines and my sailors. Right. So you decided to enter chiropractic school at what, what age? 
man, I think I was like 32. Wow. <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm the old man on the campus. <laughs> so, you know, turns turns out it wasn't at somebody that beat me for like three years. So I'm like, Wee. yeah, the uh, you know, and they with the one thing that I think people need to take away by listening is that you're 92% disabled mm-hmm. and you're going to grad school to learn how to be a chiropractor and being a chiropractor when done well, most of the times is a very physical profession. And it's as if it's sometimes almost a wrestling match with your patient yes. to get them better. So you're using your body as a tool to fix somebody else's structural problems, which means mm-hmm. you're exerting energy and force from your body into somebody else's to give them a part of you to fix them. Yeah. And to learn how to use your body as a tool is when you become a master at at your craft. And that's how you truly fix a human being or somebody else. But it's a very selfless profession. And to be able to do that at the capacity that you do it at 92% disabled with one good knee, uh, that's a challenge because that happened the minute you graduated. It's not as if you became disabled 10 years or 20 years into practice. Help us no, understand. No, help us understand. Uh, there's two things I want to get across. Certainly, uh, be, before mm-hmm. the end of this podcast. Number one, how are you capable of accomplishing quality patient care due to your um, conditions, mm-hmm. as well as how do you manage learning how to be a good businessman so you can survive in a profession uh, and take care of yourself. Um, at the same time, learning how to be a good provider. Great questions. First and foremost, I know that I I am living and uh, and I get to work in my purpose. Plain and simple. Okay. I have a servant's heart since I've been a kid. You know, I'm the type of kid that would r- run in front of a bus to save their friend. So you know, that was a, a easier trans uh, transition into being a combat medic, and then you know, starting school. Uh, I was scared out of the Jesus because how am I going to accomplish all these things with all my injuries and the medications that I got to take, you know, just to, just to function throughout the day, you know, throughout the day. Um, it's demanding. It really is. And fortunate for me, um, great professors that, that uh, we had, um, you know, being able to follow their instructions and, and get to use, learn to use my body ways that I've never used it before, you know, and in school they were helping me restore that natural movement that I've lost so much. And, um, and just once again, knowing that, um, I'm living my purpose and there are other people that have it worse than I do one. And one of my, one of my professors says, you know what, your future patients are relying and waiting on you to say thank you. That in itself right there just kept me just going. So, and it was, it was a tough run through through the four years of schooling with all the issues that I've had. And then, um, some, some scares, but I just kept on going through, going through because I'm living my purpose and there are other people who are going to require and need our services. So that's what pushed me. That's what pushed me through. Got it. Uh, sounds like, uh, at one point what your biggest, your biggest weakness turned into your biggest strength. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. All right. Well, the, um, for the listeners, uh, they want to know how they, uh, how to navigate the challenges when they come out of school and not fail miserably. Obviously we, you and I, you and I both know there's a lot of hurdles when you get out of school because there is no business training and you really mm-hmm. barely know how to treat a patient when you get out of school. Well, people learn that real quick when they start their first job. Uh, yeah. but it is, uh, so, you know, let's not talk about treatment so much. Let's talk about how not to fail as a business person when you, when you leave, 
uh, school, whether it be chiropractic school, PT or medical school, uh, what were your challenges and how did you overcome them? And have for, you, and have you the, overcome them yet? Yeah, <laughs> that's even better. You know, like when you, you hear in school and for all, all the all, all young warriors that are still in that, you know, uh, the, the, the seniors eat their own and stuff. So what helped me is like, I wrote down like four things that kind of helped me. One is vision, two is mentorship, three is relationship. And the most important one, having a, a selfless servant's heart. You know, I came with a vision of what type of doctor I wanted to be. You know, there's different subspecialties you could have. You could be from from a, a Cairo Cairo P to a Cairo Sport to a a, a, P, a PA uh, a sports medicine uh, gal. You got to come in with a vision, right? It doesn't have to be 100 percent clear, but that's what's going to drive you, motivate you to to keep on following that vision. Um, you know, I wrote something down: the vision without action is merely a dream. Action without vision just passes time. Vision with action can change the world. So that's first and foremost. You've got to come in with your vision. You know, if not, you just can be, you know, uh, susceptible to, to the different winds and waves that are going to throw you left and right. Um, next thing for me was mentorship. 100%. Every successful person on this planet, from Tony Robbins to Bill Gates, they too have a mentor. Right. You know, that mentor can help you, you know, guide you and clarify that vision that you have. You know, help you, you know, uh, jump through different hurdles or say, you know what, don't go through this door. This door is better for you. And here's why. If you guys are in school, one of the best things I could ever uh, uh, advise you guys is if your school doesn't have a shadow program, do it anyway. Right. Okay. Do it anyway. Shadow, call as many docs that are out there, different styles, you know. Uh, from high volume to whatever. So you could, you know, get a, a, a feel of what's it like to be there, you know, on, on, the, on the daily grind. And they'd love to have like these young warriors come in like, sure, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there, but don't just hang out with the doc and learn how to adjust. Hang out with the front desk person. Hang out with the, 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 the office manager. Because you need to know the different aspects of business, you know, super important. And next one, relationship, Right. You gotta cultivate relationships, especially while you're in a mentorship program, while you're interning, uh, while you're doing your your clinicals. You gotta cultivate relationships. People will do business, and they want to do business with people who they know, who they have a relationship with. Not only that, they're also going to refer people to people who they have a relationship with. You know, my dad calls it the "my guy" philosophy. You know, we're, we're from Brooklyn. Everybody's got a my guy, you know, you know, my guy is that person that you trust with your, with your wife, your kids and your family. So I'm going to go, I'm going to send you there. I'm going to give my business to that person. And then finally have a selfless servant's heart. You know, I was told that if you want to get something in life, you got to find a way to serve as many people as you want. You know, don't chase the money because that's going to drive you up the wall. Okay. The money is going to come. But if you serve more people and you serve them selflessly, okay, they're going to return that love to you and be like, thank you, doctor, uh, such and such. You gave me back my life. You gave me back my marriage or I could play with my grandchild. Thank you so much. And they're going to, in turn, reciprocate that love by referring their family and friends to you. Best advice I could give. That's amazing advice. And these are... um, 
we work together for three years and we'll be working yeah. together at some point again in the future. Uh, as then, you know, our core values, our core values, number one are selflessness. Number two is radical transparency. And number three is fanatical customer service. The one thing you bring up is your, you know, mentorship is number one. Uh, it, I, I consult chiropractors, not chiropractors, actually chiropractors and physical therapists, not ones that are going to come work for me, just for me to help people navigate their journey out mm -hmm. of school. Uh, and some of the things I hear because there's um, just this preconceived notion of what is out there prior to graduation. And right. we t discuss mentorship and if they found somebody that can guide them. And one of the things that I hear is that, well, I, I need to make, you know, $80,000 when I graduate, so I can't work there. And he, that's not what mm -hmm. they're paying. And however, it's a place where they want to go work because they respect the person, but they're putting the dollar in front of the experience. And that right. is massively short-sighted. And if I could go back in time, I would work for two years for free to learn from the best and then just go hit the ground running for the rest of my career. I know it sounds a bit dramatic. Uh, however, there's levels of, to that, that people can understand that will, which will just launch them into such a better foundation of uh, being a therapist as well as a businessman. And so there has to be 100%. sacrifice when you're coming out of school. The other thing that you mentioned 100%. is relationships is that with relationships, you're a master at this. It's, as far as networking and developing relationships, it's because it's organic and real. And that's the selfless side of it. You're not developing relationships because you're trying to get something out of someone else. You're trying, you're developing relationships because you truly want to get to know this person and you want to help and serve them. And yeah. when you're the new graduates coming out of school, or if you've been in business for a bit and you're struggling, ask yourself, are you trying to develop relationships for your own benefit? Or are you truly trying to develop a relationship because you want to get to know that person, be empathetic to his relationship with his earth and his life and figure out how you can help him navigate his journey better if there's any way in which you can assist. And when they 100%. see that, when they see that's coming from you in a true organic way, um, it's natural. It's just a natural evolution into a great friendship. And it is. Whenever Go ahead. you always want to come into a conversation or, or, or meeting with somebody, you really, you know, it may take two, three meetings. You know, you want to be able to uh, hear what that person's about, you know, hear what the challenges are and then be a solution. Ask that person, how can I serve you? How can I help you? How can my business, my organization help you? And even if you don't have a business organization, right, you have so many tools, you have that servant's heart, ask that person, how can I serve you? Mm -hmm. It's going to blow their mind because people are, they're expecting something, you know, all oh, this person wants something out of me. No, I just want to serve you. That's right. And when you do, and when you're making that effort and developing that relationship, you're not serving or helping with the expectation of something in return. And I think that's yep. a challenge for people so to good. accept or say, wait a minute, I did this for you like two months ago. You can't do that for me. That, that's not the part that's not developing relationships. And that's, no, that's not the, it. That's, that's quite the antithesis of selflessness <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. That's quid pro quo. Yeah. And they will, people will see that right on your sleeve and it will be very easy. It'll be a, if a difficult relationship for you to develop those relationships with other, other people. Um, so that's one thing that really attracted me to you when I met you years back you. is that your ability to uh, be empathetic, sympathetic when necessary, connect, and then obviously have that energy about yourself that you're here to help people get better, which is uh, what your working purpose is.
Oh, same thing. You've been you've been my you know, my mentor since, since day one and stuff. And watching you, how you develop the you know the, the other the other team members uh, of a fixed body group and hearing their story it was just is just beautiful. You know, our, our first our first getaway and and how everyone expressed what you've done in their lives. You know, from and and no one spoke about monetary. It's the massive change you've done in their lives that improved their lives and in turn improve their families' lives. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is priceless. Priceless. Thank you, That's Mike. why mentorship is 100% and 100%. Yeah. Now, since we're talking about money, we have to make money to live. We can't just walk around and be the Red Cross chiropractors of the world. Uh, <laughs> we, ha- we, have to be, we have to generate revenue to support our families. You obviously have a son who's just turned 10. 14. 14. What the hell am I saying? 10. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <so> <laughs> uh, I know he had a birthday recently. Uh, yeah, he had a birthday. He's 30 now. <laughs> the, uh, the, but the reality is that people have to make money. And I think, unfortunately, when people come out of school, they might be a bit, um, not know what to ask for, maybe be afraid to ask for money, maybe undervalue mm-hmm. themselves because they never had to ask for money before for their services or don't know what they're worth. Uh, we got right. a few minutes left and I'd love to talk about that and your challenges um, coming out of school and knowing what your value was. Oh, that was a big challenge for me, you know, because, you know, I grew up poor and, and then my, my parents made something of themselves, but we never, it was never something to, you know, flash around or whatever they gave me. They made something of themselves, not me, you know? So coming out of school, uh, it was a challenge because, you hear, okay, I need to make $80,000 here, whatever, whatever the case there. So um, I made one mistake by not the first person that I picked to, to work for, you know, it wasn't a good mentorship fit. So that in itself uh, slowed down my growth by, by a couple of years, but I, I've learned from that. You know, you have to know what you're worth. And it starts, and it starts with, again, and while you're in school, the, the shadow program, the mentorship program. Okay. Don't spend your time solely with that doc. Spend your time with every department there so you can see what it takes to run an office. Okay. Um, if you're coming out thinking that you're going to make six figures, you're not, you know, just like Sean said, it's more important value to be, to, to have that mentor that could guide you every step of the way. And as, and as, and as you, um, continue to educate yourself, your value increases and that's how you know what to ask for, you know, and then you budget yourself out, you know, know what, know what your expenses are and, uh, plus what what you, what your value make that offer. That's right. It's, um, your, 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 your value will increase when you realize, um, that you're creating value in yourself and that you're investing yeah. in yourself. And then you'll be able to ask for both what you deserve as well, based on the energy you're giving to another human being, because you are literally giving a piece of yourself when you treat a patient. And that's important to realize. Every single time. It's very important to realize. And uh, there's a value behind that. And whatever your value is, you have to be comfortable with it. And certainly don't undercut yourself or devalue yourself. And I think one of the biggest epiphanies for yourself was when you realized how valuable you were and you started charging what you deserved and uh, yeah. saw yourself be able to um, see a future and to be able to support your family in the way in which you want. So oh, um, when, when we had that sit down and we had, and you taught me that it was an eye opener, like an eye opener. 
yeah, it was, um, it was great for me to see you have that eye-opening experience because I think it's not only going to change, not only has it changed your life, you're going to be able to help many other people down the road learn that process as well. Uh, so you can share that information. And, and it's something that I was able to pass down, uh, to my son, you know, he's 14 years old and, uh, the lessons that I've learned from you, I'm passing it down from him. So that's why ladies and gentlemen, once again, what's it about? Mentorship. Got it. <laughs> well, thank you. We have, uh, Dr. Michael Harris, combat medic, chiropractic sports physician, wellness coach, and a great friend, and hopefully future partner once again down the road when everything clears up. believe it. (laughs) Michael, thank you for your time. We'll talk soon. Thank you, brother, man. I miss you much. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our show. If you did, please like and subscribe to stay tuned. See you next week on another episode of The Fix Podcast.